good morning. morning. My name is Julie Alsop and I'm one of the uh, pastors here at Faith Community. It is good to be with you this morning. If you are new or visiting with us, we want to extend a special welcome to you this morning. Uh, We are so excited about this uh, new app that we're launching today. And again, as Sean said, uh, be sure that you stop out uh, at the Welcome Center. Right now it's temporarily in the Get Connected room. And uh, we've got some giveaways in there, as he had mentioned. So we are just super excited about this. It's just another way uh, that we have here to stay connected with one another and also access information. And it's, it's kind of cool, right, to, to walk around and say, hey, my church has got an app, right? And so we're just really excited about that. And share that with your friends because if you get one of those pop sockets or phone wallets that are on the back, people are going to be like, oh, tell me more about that. So be sure you let uh, your friends, your family, those that you might be uh, carpooling with, on the bus with, at work, uh, just a little bit about what God is doing here at Faith Community. So, again, so excited about that. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was a, a place uh, up there that said that it's interactive, that you can take notes from today's service if you go on that app. And it says, what, what did God speak to you today? And so they asked me there, I think seeking some kind of really uh, theological wisdom. Well, Julie, what do you think that we should put? What is God saying to people today? And I said, download the app, Right? You're supposed to laugh. That was supposed to be funny. So we thought it was funny when, when, when we did that. But uh, just, it's like I said, just a great tool. And uh, like I said, be sure to just kind of play around with that. And um, so just know that when I'm up here preaching, if you're surfing through the app, I'm not just assuming you're on Facebook or on Instagram, right? But it's, like I said, utilize that app because there's a place to take notes in it as well. So we are continuing uh, in our sermon series uh, on escape. And today I'm going to be uh, talking about Uh, roadblocks and detours, rerouting, uh, the different things that we face in life. Uh, Back in the day, uh, many of us would uh, travel by a a trip tick or a map. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You go to AAA, thank you, and you get that trip tick uh, or maybe uh, even an atlas. My daughter just recently uh, traveled across the country with a friend of hers and she had her, uh, her State Farm atlas to take with her just in case. Uh, So today we have electronic devices, as many of us uh, do, and and they talk to us and they tell us which way to go. Uh, Even uh, sophisticated enough to tell us when there's roadblocks ahead, maybe detours, even potholes, it's become very sophisticated. But there's nothing worse, nothing worse than when you're traveling and that device that you're relying on goes out. And, 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 you, and it says, lost signal. Anybody got a lost signal or the thing just go? And it's like, oh, man, what am I going to do? And, and you, you don't know which way to go. It stops talking to you, and you're like, come on now. Come on. Talk to me. Stay with me. Uh, and sometimes we're not that nice to it, are we? <laughs> I uh, was in Philadelphia uh, this summer in June, and I was doing some business for the seminary. And my flight got in early that morning. And so I thought, I'm going to head downtown Philly, I'd never been there before, and just take in uh, the sights, the food, uh, and a lot of our uh, nation's history, and it was just a great day. And yes, I had a Philly cheesesteak, and yes, I went up the Rocky Steps. I'm like, I have to go up the Rocky Steps, because people are going to be like, did you go see the Rocky Steps? And so um, I happened to be by myself uh, during this trip, and I was relying on that technology, and I'm sure some of you uh, that travel a lot are like me, you're relying on that technology to get you where you need to go in areas that you're unfamiliar with. And so um, I stayed as, as long as I could, and the sun was getting ready to go down, and I thought I better get out of here before it gets dark. And so um, I come up out of the parking garage, and I want to head up to the Valley Forge area, and I've got my GPS um, you know, loaded up on my phone, and this is the address of where I want to go. It's blank. And I'm like, oh, no. 
So I've got people behind me, and I'm like, do I turn right? Do I turn left? So I made the executive decision. I'm just going to turn right, and uh, it took me to get on the highway. And again, I'm in downtown Philadelphia. Well, I turned right, and I ended up in New Jersey. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I don't want to be in New Jersey. And I got myself turn, turned around, and thank goodness the GPS came back on, and I even got to pay a toll. A toll that I wasn't planning on. Uh, but again, thank goodness that it came back to life in the midst of my uh, destination, trying to get where I needed to go. So again, my message this morning is roadblocks and detours and rerouting. You see, we make plans and we set goals in our lives, uh, things that we want to do personally, things that we want to do profes professionally, and we lay out a path the best that we can of how we're going to get there. But then life happens. And sometimes things don't go the way that we want them to go. It may be that we don't get that job that we had expected. Maybe we're married or not married. Uh, maybe it's a marriage that ended. Maybe we've experienced the loss of a loved one, faced a diagnosis. And we say, wait a minute, hold on. This isn't what I had planned for my life. I had this, this path and I had planned uh, this uh, envisioning of where I wanted to go and all of a sudden that you've experienced unexpected detours because of a roadblock uh, before you and before you know you're rerouting you're rerouting and you've got to come up with plan B and and honestly uh, probably wanting to escape in that moment because it's not a detour that you had expected but oftentimes, God blesses us in the midst of the twists and the turns of our life. I've got a, a quote that I want to share with you uh, from Stephen Furtick. He says, God already has made a way of escape for you, and it will not always be obvious. Let me promise you the Red Sea did not look like a four-lane highway. It looked like a death trap. But sometimes it is straight through the thing that you fear that leads to the freedom you desire. I love that. I had never really thought about that. And we're going to unpack that a little bit this morning of the Israelites as they were making their way to the promised land. But what may look like a death trap to us, God says, you know what? Trust me. Trust me. I, I know where I'm going to head you on this detour when you've got this roadblock in your life. So again, this morning we're going to take a look at the escape route of the Israelites as they fled from Egypt. And, and, and you probably like me, and I've talked about this before, but whenever I think of this passage, I can't help but think of the Ten Commandments, right, with Charleston Heston. It's just where my mind goes visually. So wherever you want to go this morning as I share this passage, I just pray that God will speak to your heart and to your mind. So God had freed them from slavery and bondage. And as they left uh, Egypt, I can only imagine what they must have thought. Maybe thoughts of we're free. We're, we're no longer uh, facing the oppression. We can do what we want when we want. God has saved us. And the next step on this journey, the next step, the next stop is the promised land. And by all calculations, uh, Moses is looking at the GPS and the Israelites are looking at their GPS and Google Maps and Waze, right? All of these things. No, not really, but it sounds good. Uh, but, but all their all their calculations, it's going to say, okay, estimated arrival. We're going to be there by, by late next week. And off they went. Off they went. It is estimated that over 2.4 million people, 2.4 million people left Egypt. That's a lot of people, men, women, and children. Um, and to me, this gives a whole new meaning to the word mass exodus. I mean, this was a mass exodus. Uh, this would be close to moving every person in the state of New Mexico across a state line or two. 
an entire state of people. It's a lot of people. And I think that Moses would have concurred uh, with all of the electronic devices that, that, that he would want to, to reach the final destination in the shortest amount of time. I mean, it makes sense, right? You've got 2.4 million people, and you're like, okay, let's get there the quickest way possible. But God gave them a holy detour, a holy detour, and they just didn't know it at the time. Some of you that are in this space here today, some of you that are watching on live stream, might also be experiencing a holy detour. You just don't know it. I want to share a passage with you this morning. It comes from the book of Exodus, uh, 13th chapter. We're going to be in verses uh, 17 through 22 this morning. So hear these words. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they would travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. God knew. God knew that if they took the short route, that they would uh, encounter the Egyptian posts. The Philistines would engage in battle. And they would either be wiped out or that they would want to just to turn back because they would want to give up because it was such a long way. You see, God is in the details. He is in the details from the route, taking the long way. Who's going? 2.4 million people. And not who to forget, right? Don't forget Joe. Joe says, don't forget me. I want you to take my bones with you when you go. And he even went before them to make sure that they were okay. The cloud of God's presence never left them, never left them. You see, our, our human vision can only see so far. We can only see so far in front of us. But God sees the whole picture, the whole picture. Paul reminds us that we walk by faith and not by sight. So what could have taken days took decades Four of them, four of them, 40 years to reach the promised land. Some didn't make it. Think of uh, uh, 40 years. That's a long time. Uh, there were new generations that were born, and a lot changed from that initial exodus. But they continued to trust God and to move forward. And what areas of your life do you need to trust God and keep moving, to keep moving? waiting in the midst of moving. Seems a bit counterintuitive, but, but life doesn't stop, right? In the midst of all of our roadblocks and detours and rerouting, life doesn't stop. We have to keep moving. So, so I ponder this question, why the wait? Why 40 years in the desert to get to the promised land? Why the wait? God is in the waiting. God is in your waiting. Sometimes it's to protect us. Maybe there's something uh, that we're experiencing in our life that he says, you're just not ready. 
Or maybe there's something going on that God says, you know what, you just need to learn a little bit more. Maybe you need to gain a little bit more confidence. He knows our needs. He knows your needs while you wait. The cloud of God's presence never left them. Trust him. God isn't in a hurry. There are doors that, that may close and new doors that may open. This... Um, I just have to tell you, sometimes, you know, I'm like you guys, you want instant gratification. I want it now. I think that's kind of how we've become in this society. But this whole idea that God isn't in a hurry, like, wow. Sometimes we just got to slow down and remember that he is in control. So in the weights of your life, do you listen to God and learn? Okay, God, I'm in this situation. Right now I'm frustrated, but what do you want me to learn? in this season that I'm in? Or do you just complain about the circumstances? It's okay, you know, we're all human. I think it's probably a little bit of both. But God wants us to lean into him and to learn what he wants to teach us in that moment. Sometimes we complain. Sometimes we resist. Sometimes we even get mad and we find ourselves desperate for God's presence, yet we move farther and farther away from him. We are masters at planning. I, uh, I've got a planner. I've got uh, my calendar on my phone. A lot of you are like me. I am driven by my to-do list. I'm driven by my calendar, uh, planning what's ahead, uh, orchestrating, fine-tuning our schedules. Uh, and it's hard to admit that not everything is in our control, right? Ever had those moments where you're like, okay, wait a minute. This is beyond our control. God uses that time to work where you are and wants us to learn the art of waiting purposefully. The art of waiting purposefully. When you find yourself waiting like 40 years, 40 years wandering in the desert, thinking to yourself, why am I here? Right? Ever had that moment? Maybe you're in a situation right now. Why am I here? What am I doing? And remember that there is a purpose and an opportunity to rediscover something that the Lord has already given to you and maybe even a better plan. Some of you may be familiar uh, with some of the Garth Brooks uh, songs, and I love that this line from the dance. It says, I'm glad I didn't know the way it would all end, the way it would all go, or I would have missed the dance. There's purpose in our waiting. So what does the, uh, the waiting look like for you? Maybe waiting to finish a degree, waiting to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright, waiting uh, nine months to have a baby to come into the world, maybe waiting for a little one to walk uh, or be potty trained, waiting for a teenager to grow up, that may be some of you out there, waiting for a promotion at work, waiting on test results, waiting to sell or buy a house, maybe even waiting to retire. We're all in different seasons of our lives where we're waiting. Hear these words from Psalm 25, 4 through 5. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. In your seasons of waiting and moving, slower than you might want, know that the presence of God never leaves you, never leaves you. I want to share these words with you again from Exodus uh, 13. I'm picking up in verse 20 this time. Hear these words. After leaving Succoth, they, came to, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. 
By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. I love this, this imagery of this uh, pillar of cloud by day and pillar of fire by night, and that it never left its place in front of them. You see, it wasn't uh, beside them, it wasn't behind them, it was in front of them, leading the way, leading the way. God knew that he had sent them the long way. He knew that he had sent them the long way. But he also was with them every step of the way. He didn't just say, you know what, I'm going to send you out here. It's going to take you 40 years, 40 years longer than you thought. He said, no, I'm going to be out here with you. The pillars are referred to as uh, Shekinah glory. It's a new word uh, for some of us, Shekinah glory. Shekinah is a Hebrew name meaning dwelling or one who dwells in Shekinah glory. It's, it's a visible manifestation of God's glory here on earth. And it was the most visible uh, that we saw in the Old Testament through the pillars of cloud and fire that we've read in the scripture. Uh, the burning bush, we remember that moment when uh, Moses had that burning bush. Uh, and then also too when Moses would encounter God. And then when Jesus was born, Luke tells us, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. You see, we see the manifestation of, of, of Jesus when Jesus ascended, and we were given the Holy Spirit who is in us and around us today. I just love this Shekinah glory and just this, this imagery of, of where we see God visibly in our lives. Uh, even today, we don't necessarily have that pillar of cloud um, of, that, that we have by day or pillar of fire, but I believe that God is uh, manifest uh, his presence uh, through believers today, through all of us. I, I was even thinking, you know, sometimes Ohio can be cloudy right? Right now we don't have any clouds. It's a beautiful day. But I thought, maybe this is just God's grace just all over the state of Ohio. We're going to go with that next time we get seasonal depression, right, with the clouds. I want to share a passage with you from 2 Corinthians 3. Hear these words. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. You see, Moses' face uh, shone with the glory of God. We remember that from the Old Testament scriptures. But their minds were blinded. Until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It is in and through Jesus that the veil is lifted from our faces to experience and reflect God's glory. God is in each and every one of us. 
And, and we see it manifested through the fruit of the Spirit, through the gifts of the Spirit, through healings, through words of knowledge, through gifts of prophecy. I just have this, uh, this image of a mirror that comes to mind. And I think what we look at ourselves uh, in the morning before we head out the door, of how is God's glory reflected in you? How is God's glory reflected in you? Friends, are you hungry for God's divine glory? His presence, for his word. He is waiting for you to seek him and for that veil to be lifted. There is more. There is more. And we come this morning to worship and to praise him, but it's not just a Sunday morning thing where we come and we worship. This is a lifestyle thing when we have Jesus in our hearts. And, and he comes and he says, you know what? I want you to seek me with all that you have, with all that you are, to be able to lift that veil and to be transformed by the love and the grace of Christ, that he would use us to be his holy messengers. Are you hungry for God's divine glory, his presence, for his word? He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. Let us pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you. As we come this morning to gather to worship and praise you. God, I pray that this isn't just something that we have on our calendar, that it's Sunday, it's what we're supposed to come do. But God, I just pray that, that uh, in this moment that we would draw close to you, draw close to you, to lean into you. We face roadblocks in our life and detours and we're rerouted, God, and, and, and we find ourselves crying out, God, we need help, where are you? And God says, I'm here, lean into me. Some of us have a fear of letting go. So in this moment, in this moment, God, we come before you. And, and we need to let go of something in this room this morning. So we're going to give it to you now. God, this is what we want to, we're going to give to you and let go of. Take it. Take it. We remember those Israelites, all a couple million of them. And you know what? They trusted you. They trusted you as they set out. And they had to give up control. So this morning we relinquish control. And we trust you. We trust you and we follow you. And in the weights of life, there's somebody here in this room that's waiting. They're waiting. Maybe for a phone call, for an email. Maybe something going on in their personal life, professional life, whatever that is. Know, know that God is in the wait with you. God, we trust you. We trust you. And we want to know you more. We want to know you more. And we come to you in this moment with this imagery of a veil. 
But God, you're not going to just lift it for us. We have to come to you. So God, we come to you in this moment. We say we want more. Jesus, I want more of you in my life. I want to invite you into my life. Maybe some of you here that have never asked Jesus into your heart. And we come to you in this moment, God. Some of us have said, I've had enough. I've had enough. I can't do this on my own. So we repent of any sins. Ask for forgiveness. Forgive us, Lord. And for some of us here, we want to Invite Jesus into our heart for the first time. Or recommit, recommit this time to say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Lord of my life. I ask that you come into my life as my Lord and Savior. Make me a new creation in you. Lift the veil that I might see you more clearly. That your Shekinah glory, Lord, would be visible to me to take away this veil, to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Allow your glory to be reflected in my life. There is more and we want more of you. God, I pray for each and every person in this space. I pray for each and every person that is listening. God, that you would break through, that your kingdom would break through in this moment. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Fill this place. God, fill us to overflow. Overflow in such a way that, that we just don't come here on Sunday morning and that's it, but God, that you go with us pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, that you are always with us, that your presence never leaves us. But God, we have to have you in our lives to be able to see the manifestation of your glory. Jesus, we love you. And we come before you now to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples. Won't you join me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom in the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you are someone that uh, prayed that prayer today, that has invited Jesus into your heart to be Lord of your life, come see me. I would love to talk to you more about a relationship with Jesus Christ. He will never leave you, never forsake you. Those who believe in Jesus uh, we, we have um, this promise of eternal life in heaven. 
but it's more than just eternal life in heaven. He's here with us now, and some of you need resurrection in your lives, and he offers that here and now as his kingdom comes to dwell here on earth.